Dr. Avi, thank you for joining us. You're welcome. Happy to be here. Yeah. So I, um, as, as a fairly new mom, I have a one year old, he's like 14 months. Um, not sure when to stop counting the months, but he's 14 <laughs> months. Yes, totally. Like he's 48 months. I, I know. <laughs> I'm like, wait, we hit the monumental one and now I'm still counting months. Like I thought yeah. we're past this point, but it's, it's still important, I guess. One thing I was talking to Amy is like when you first have the baby, you're like, you're so empowered. And I felt so aligned and like just completely in tune with what my purpose is and like caring for this child and just the the power and the, the fierceness of childbirth and labor is like, mm-hmm. it's like I'm always trying to get back to that point of empowerment. And then right. and then the outside world comes in and my whole structure sometimes just caves where I'm like, everything is toxic. I thought these wipes were good. And now right. like, what about these diapers? Oh no. I follow this Instagram that gives it a grade C and like, right. am I messing <laughs> up the endocrine disruptors of my child? 100%. And I just go into this like neuroses and everything is so toxic if we really want to like obsess over right. it. And, you know, I'm trying not to obsess over it to, like, save my marriage and also uh, (laughs) your life and not be psycho. Yeah, Yeah. and not be, like, completely anxious all the time. I mean, how can we navigate and empower ourselves to deal with how toxic the world is and how we, our desires, everyone's desires to raise Mm -hmm. healthy children? Right. Can you share with us some tips or maybe just tell us how toxic everything is to remind me and then <laughs> <laughs> just scare you into it? Yeah. Um, no, I mean, I think the answer is really that you always just do the best you can. You control what you can and don't stress about the rest, you know? So there's plenty of toxins environmentally that we cannot control, Right air pollution, what they're doing to the soil, whatever. But what we can control is like have an air purifier in your home. What you can control is the food you're putting on the table for your family. What you can control is like doing a bit of research and finding a diaper that's like a little better on the scale. But at the end of the day, I think the biggest thing mothers just need to do is give themselves some grace that like, if it's not working for you to do like the organic cloth diapers made from the tears of angels, it's okay. <laughs> you know, like you can't do, most people can't do 100% of everything the cleanest you can ever buy. You know, we also live in a modern world. And that diapers was one of the things that was the line for me. I was like, there's no way I'm doing cloth diapers. I'm like, as be dippy as they get, that is not in my reality. Um, and that's okay. You know, I, and I think social media tends to do a lot of that and add a lot of extra, like unnecessary pressure for moms, because you see the influencer with the cloth diapers and living on their own homestead with their own raw goat's milk and like churning their own butter. And it's like, well, not everyone can do that. And amazing that they can. Right. But I think it's doing the best you can, you know, being informed is obviously super important, right? You want to know what's going on your child's skin or in their body, of course, and do your own research. Um, But also give yourself grace because 
there's always going to be something that's cleaner, something that's better. You're going to find the perfect diaper and then another one's going to come out, you know, or or 20 years from now, we're going to find out something's wrong with the diapers we used, right? Just like our parents. So I think the biggest thing is to just like take a few steps back and like honor the fact that you're doing the best you can and you can always change your mind. If in six months you find another brand of baby food or diapers or whatever, that's a cleaner option that feels better to you, then like we learn more and we can do better. Um, But one of my favorite resources is Environmental Working Group, EWG. Um, They're a great organization where you can literally look up any product, pretty much any brand, and they scale everything on a toxicity level. So it's like, it goes... It goes one to 10 and I believe one through three are like the green light. Everything in the middle is like yellow and like seven to 10 is red. So it's like, obviously you want to stay away from brands that are in the red brands that are in the green are like the best. And they have a few brands that are like verified, which I think just means they've like really like vetted them and know they do a good job. So that's a super great resource for things like diapers, laundry detergents, cosmetics, you know, not just for kids, like the things we're doing as moms, um, sunscreens, et cetera. You can basically look up anything on there and they do a good job of kind of doing the research for you because it also is super overwhelming to do yourself. Something you said that I, and I shared with you before we started recording that I've really started to notice and like kind of piecemeal it together is like how fundamental it is to establish, like what's your family's kind of um, approach to these types of things before they happen. And Mm -hmm. like having, um, I think, and I'm speaking to mothers, right. So I'm not, I I can't speak for like my husband a lot. And and my husband is in the medical field. He is a doctor and works in a massive hospital and has always worked in very large, very large hospitals in very large cities. And so my husband, I'm so lucky is very aware of all the dualities and how to kind of keep a foot in one, keep a foot in other and how to play the game in such a regard. But I'm speaking to mothers in the sense that your responsibility is to obey schedules. Your responsibility is to have the health release form. So my daughter can do the ballet that starts on July 11th, you know, have all of these kind of things in place. And as Gaia was like getting older, my daughter's four and a half now, I started to kind of feel um, almost like subtly like this, like it's me against everything. And like, I gotta be, you know, I gotta become a a researcher, a scientist, an immunologist. I gotta become a doctor. I gotta be, and I remember just like really quickly being like, whoa, you are in fear. Like you're operating now from a state of fear and every Mm -hmm. decision that you're making is combative. And every decision that you're making is based on the belief in your mind that there is no one out here who aligns with me or or who will even entertain my questions. And that is not true. That cannot be a reality. And so that was a pattern I caught pretty quickly. And we were living at a time, I'm sure all of us, if you think back a couple of years ago, you were operating in a collective unconscious wave of energy that likely didn't actually match mirror or even symbolize yours. And so you could catch yourself being caught up in a behavior or a belief that wasn't really yours, right? And shaking yourself out of that is, I mean, a capital V victory, like to catch it and to shake yourself out of it, you should feel (laughs) really victorious. And so I, I, when I'm listening to you, I'm listening to like assembling your team. Like as a mother, I I recently moved to your tribe. Yes. And that has been so empowering for me. And what I have kind of 
been sort of surprised by is that I'm a leader of that tribe. I, I thought that I'm only looking for leaders. And in fact, and I was sharing with Gina yesterday, I've been very surprised that in some of these areas, I'm the answer. I'm, I'm the person they WhatsApp. I'm the, right. you know, oh, here's how you go about doing this or go about doing that. So I think it's so great. And you've given such amazing, like a, a list of like fundamentals and you've given great advice. And truly I would encourage anyone, even if it sounds a little bit scary to go and take a look at some of that research around some of these things. Cause it's now like quite easy to find mm -hmm. and probably your mom, or if you had a mom, like my mom, like they didn't, my mom didn't really feel the need to like mitigate your pain. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if that's like a German thing, but it's like, my mom was literally like, unless a bone is protruding or you're like profusely, yeah, like missing, you're fine. You're fine. Yeah. So like, I didn't really grow up with like a mom who, you know, and for better or for worse, like that's just how we were pretty tough because of it, you know? Yeah. Um, but I will say that having sort of like your, where you're at right now in the development of your child and your family and you personally, like maybe you're having another child or considering having another child, just be honest with yourself and be like, I have some fears. Mm -hmm. Will those fears stop me from making the decision that I desire to make, which is an empowered decision? And then yep. if, if there are fears and I'm hitting up against them and it's minimizing my power, how can I come out of that? What is yep. the team that I need to make? And you, people like you and like resources, like what you're doing, it's such a service to people, like so much free content that you're giving yep. that like allows women to like make the list for the refrigerators. Like yep. I shared with you, you know, your yep. fundamentals create like, who's your holistic pediatrician, you know, where is the ER God forbid, right? What yep. kind of things like, do I need to know if there's this or this hazard? And then besides that, it really sounds like to me, it's like, you spoke about it at the top of the conversation. It's like grace and relaxation. And I think mothers by having that stuff, like kind of in your you know, in your periphery, like it's there, it's not hidden in your phone or that Google drive somewhere or in that one girl's WhatsApp message from last July when she said yeah. the word this. So I'm going to search that word, right? <laughs> I've done it. That's why I'm telling you. 100%. Uh, it's like, it's there. It's like available because even though my mom was like so hardcore, believe me, she thinks that a lot of the decisions I make are pretty extreme, yeah. you know? And at the time, I'm sure my mom thought my mom, the other people thought my mom was pretty extreme. Yep. So it's like, you know, as you said, the more research like catches up kind of these like topics become less and less fringe and yep. like your behaviors kind of become a bit more normalized, but just honoring yep. the mother to have the audacity to first say that that's a little scary. Cause I totally have been there. I am there in some circumstances in our mm -hmm. life and that, um, having a team, even if it's small around you is very empowering and it begins to melt away the fear yeah. and it allows you to be present for things that would normally you feel like you need to medicate away. And yes. I mean, medication yes. by a lot of things, not just actual, you know, medication. Yeah. So yes. yeah, I hope that I mean, helps that's, a little bit. It does. I think that's one of the most important things. I saw that so much during um, COVID was people just like you were saying with all of the fear, you know, and it's like, it really is like a mental thought virus that you can catch. So if you're like alone on your little, like holistic Island with your essential oils and you don't know anyone else, like you need to be able to phone a friend and be like, Hey, is this normal? My kid woke up like screaming their head off. And I'll be like, heck yeah. My daughter was too. We went through a few months of night terrors. 
Mm. and they'll be okay, you know? But it's like, if you don't have friends like that or a holistic provider or whatever who can help guide you, and I think especially as first-time moms, we just like tend to freak out about everything, right? Because everything's the first time you're experiencing everything. So like, you can't, you don't have the wisdom on the other side of like, oh yeah, I remember that. Or you just loosen up. My daughter's four now too. And something happens. And now I'm like, eh, you're fine. <laughs> I <laughs> know. Four years. So you've like been through some stuff. So totally. I think that's like so critical. And if you can't find a holistic pediatrician, I will say like pediatric chiropractors tend to be a great referral source. So they will know the local pediatrician because they have like, I'm a chiropractor. So I have a huge list of referrals, right? So I know like the good pediatricians in the area or like acupuncturists, like nutritionists that work with families, you know, so that can be a great source of whatever kind of care you're looking for. It's interesting because I, I mean, unless you have a job where it, it's like part of your benefits, it's like, you're just sort of navigating things like, okay, maybe I'll go to the OB if I have like a severe yeast infection, very rare, hardly ever happened. And right. then you get pregnant and now you're like, you're right back in there. Like you're in the medical, you're in the system. It's like, you know, I have to get the right insurance and it's like dealing with all of these things because it's like, it's mostly expected from society. And then you're realizing how much insurance is a scam and how like the system itself, it, it doesn't, 100%. I never felt, even when I was pregnant, I always felt like okay, these are the doctors that my insurance will cover and I don't like any of them. So right. now do I have to pay out of pocket? But what if, what if something horrible happens and, and I, need, I need this insurance to pay for some surgery or like a NICU situation? So it's like we're just thrown into the system when you have a child, like you both are saying, like finding your team of practitioners that are going to align with you. And, and it's like, being empowered with all the information at hand and and what are your comfort levels and you're not really going to know until you're face to face with an OB in that situation yeah that's you know and with COVID it's like I I mean I was on the tail end of having a COVID baby I did a home birth and if I were to go to the hospital they would have had to do a full screening uh as you enter and then my husband would have had to wear a mask I think I would have to wear a mask after the baby was born so like there were those things and it's like it's really interesting how like collectively we're all the world was in this state of fight or flight and fear and then you're having to navigate something that's supposed to be like the most amazing day of your life yes and you just feel like how about we go back to when women would have babies in caves and there'd be like (laughs) women surrounding you you know what I mean like that it's supposed to be an experience like that where you're just completely supported and not like you were saying, Amy, in that fighting energy, mm-hmm. like I remember when I was giving birth to my daughter being like, thank God I had an amazing doula who like knew my whole plan, but it was like, if this happens and we're going to do this, and th-, you know, it's like, you're just ready for every interaction with the medical system with like a backup plan. It's like so crazy that yeah, that's kind I of just how wanna, you have to be. I, and I want to add there, Gina, isn't that interesting? I almost verbatim said that to you yesterday and something I have really been reflecting on after all of that, I have, I had a very, I had a wonderful birth. I I really, and I'm sure you did too. You had this wise woman with you who was heart to heart with you and your child. 
in a situation that isn't really created for that, which is, that's fine. That's the situation that they've created. We've now mm -hmm. entered their situation, right? So it's like, and I just, again, going back and I want to just keep encouraging moms in conversations that feel like warning signs or like in a minute, I want to hear about your red flags. Cause that's been so interesting from the content that you share. It's like, just keep going back to your place of relaxation. And if you're mm -hmm. noticing that a situation, a school, a teacher, a doctor, maybe there's a chronic illness your child's dealing with. Maybe there's something that just something they're fighting that you cannot get rid of. And you're like, keep coming mm -hmm. up against something. If you constantly feel like there is a fear energy, you know, around yeah. you all the time, take notes because mm -hmm. it's not, that's actually not normal, right? Like mm -hmm. that's not normal. And in reality, when we're in a state of fear, you're just completely blocked off from frontal lobe and intuition, mm -hmm. and you are not accessing heart or logic at all. You are literally <laughs> grasping at whatever you can. And yeah. honestly, I just have found, you know, in just the you know few years I've been a mother, um, and mothering myself, let's be real, um, yeah. is that the more I can like take a deep breath and like, okay, <laughs> whoa, whoa, what's going on right now? And like almost yeah. bring humor to it. And I'm genuinely laughing because there will be some times where I'm just, I have to laugh or else you will freak out and cry because <laughs> right. it's so bizarre what's happening. You're just like, how did this escalate? Like, right. what's going on right now? Right. Um, and, you know, I had a, a guy who had like a kind of a wacky virus a couple weeks ago, whatever, that all the kids were passing. And the doctor was so cute. He's like, listen, it's like, there's nothing here, but like, it could be just two bad weeks of a lot of fevers. That's inconvenient. Right. So sorry. Like, he basically was like, sorry, but you signed up to be a mom. So yeah. like, here's two weeks. 100%. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So it's like, and we both laughed. Me, him, we laughed about it. You know, he's yeah. a dad, four kids. And it's like, you know, so it's just, Sometimes I think just recognizing like, whoa, I'm in fight or flight. <laughs> okay. Mm -hmm. That's not helping anybody. Like there's something funny about this here. Like I can't help anyone when I'm like whacked out, freaked out, stressed out, you know, paranoid, not self-resourced, underslept, terribly fed, you know, like just no, no, no one outside of me who will even deal with my different thoughts or ideas or entertain myself those are, these are foundations to like coming back to a state of harmony so that when things come up, you can face it with relaxation and yeah. with like energy and consciousness to like take a good decision basically. Yeah. Well, that's a great point. Like I see so many, my practice is probably over 50% kids and it's always the story of like the mom comes in with the kid, but it's really the mom who needs support. And the kids yes. are responding to mom's energy, a thousand. right? Yes. So a mom who has a regulated nervous system response is going to react and respond entirely differently to all of these situations. And that's where it's so important to have the people around you on your like pit crew that make you feel regulated. Mm -hmm. Right. So I remember like when my daughter was first born, we took her to like the traditional pediatrician that was like open-minded, whatever that means. And like that ended real quickly because it just felt like that fighting, like a battle energy. Every time I took her there, it was like, I had to keep like advocating like so hard. And I was like, this just isn't how it should feel. And then we um, transitioned over to the holistic pediatrician. It was like, I walked in, it was like, I can breathe here. Like they are completely in alignment. I can totally trust them. 
I have no problem voicing any concerns or asking questions and all of that. And so I just can't stress enough, like anywhere you're taking your child or providers you're choosing or whatever, that's how it should feel. It should feel like you can actually come down and you can be supported and like held through whatever you're going through. Not like you're getting anxious about making the appointment and calling and what are they going to want to do? It should just feel like really good. What are some of those red flags? You share a lot about this and they're like, like you're giving real, probably real experiences that you have or heard of from your patients. Like what are some of those things where you hear something or you're with a doctor and you're like, wait a minute. And probably most people hearing those things intuitively, there is like a tiny red flag that goes up. (laughs) So what are some of those things? Hmm. I mean, it's always a red flag if you're asking questions and your provider doesn't want to answer them. So if they just want to be like, don't worry about it, it's safe. Or like, this has been used for 25 years. Or like, I've never seen a negative reaction from X. It's like, well, first of all, that's literally impossible because everything, there's going to be some small percentage of people that have a reaction, right? Whether it's Tylenol or air, anything, right? So, and there's a lot of that kind of like gaslighting that happens in the traditional medical community where it's just like, nope, they, a lot of these like traditional kind of providers have really big egos and they're not, frankly, they're not used to anyone challenging them or asking questions and it makes them pissed off. You know, and so if you're like, okay, but why should my child have this medication? What about this instead? And they're just like, nope, this is the only research proven thing that can help this. And, you know, or if they're gaslighting, if you're asking about like how food could support your child or maybe changing their diet could clear up their eczema, like things like that. And the provider's just like, nope, that doesn't work. You have to do like a steroid. It's like, okay, well, then you're not on the same page right? That's the red flag. If they're not open to having a conversation, if they're like downplaying you or making you feel guilty or making you feel stupid, or like, you don't know what you're talking about. It's not good, right? You've got to find a provider that like trusts your mother's intuition. That's open to things. And frankly, that's staying up to date on like the research and stuff that's coming out. Cause there's actually like great evidence to support that your infections are viral and antibiotics that make like make no sense. There's great research to support the harms of antibiotics and like young children and how that can affect their health for the rest of their life. Like, so a lot of these providers, I think just aren't totally up to date and they're kind of doing the old school things that we all, you know, got in the eighties and nineties. And they're just not open to change and evolving and that there could be a better way. So Um, it's just like one of the best gifts you can give yourself, even if it's like cash space, who cares? Honestly, Mm -hmm. I prefer that. I want a pediatrician that's under the table that doesn't have to answer to anyone else with how they're treating their patients. Right. I mean, unfortunately that's how the game is. If you're in an insurance-based model, that means the insurance companies are dictating your care. Right. Period. Period. Because you've got to like code it accordingly. And so insurance is going to say, yeah. kid has this, you have to prescribe this medication and we're not covering it. Right. So they're being controlled. So on some hand, it's not totally the doctor's faults either because they're stuck in the system they're working into. Right. Yeah. Versus what might be best for the patient. Yeah. Well said. Yeah. 
It's interesting because it's like always getting back to the mother's intuition, right? Like we're talking about fear and like how sometimes like just having anxiety, having these new experiences. I, I have a, my baby's younger than yours. He's, he's almost a toddler, but you know, all of these things are totally new. And, um, and I feel like going, like looking at the way I was raised, which was totally fine. I don't remember ever asking the pediatrician any questions at all and leaving the doctors with like little pamphlets of like, you're going through puberty. Here's a brochure. And like, (laughs) and it's kind of insane how we think about how it, how it, how it was and how it still is. And, and I think it's really interesting because we are in this post COVID era where there are so many phrases that have become totally demonized, like quote, do your own research where if I'm going to research something and I read it on a Substack or I read it on a website that people don't like, like, you know, the institutions that be do not find that they find fringe. It, it's like even presenting that to a practitioner, it's like, I don't know how this person is going to feel. I'm going to say, oh, I'm reading it from this book. And then it's like, I'm up against their authority. And I'm, I've am yeah. i always seen doctors as authority. And, and you're it's challenging like, their authority, which is yeah. really you're challenging their ego, which is the truth, right? Yeah. And so, and it's really interesting. I really believe this is going to completely change in the next 20 years because hello, yes. we have the internet now. My patients are smarter than ever. They teach me stuff on a weekly basis. Like, hey, I read about this new thing. What do you think? I'm like, cool. I've never heard about that. Let's take a look at it, you know? And so I think as we go along, doctors aren't going to be able to get away with that anymore. Like in the 80s, are you kidding? They were like the authority. We didn't have access to information like we do now. But now yeah. we do, you know? Right. And like just brass tacks, Piscean age, whoever has the knowledge has the power, right? Mm -hmm. This is not the age you're in anymore. And so, you know, there's like that level of like, you know, Mary Magdalene, like, you know, know thyself and like, I'm going to give you a hug and I'm going to like relax your nervous system and you, you can do this and like calm down and you're like, you're the center of your family. And then there's the Kali energy, which is like, get the F out of my way. Yeah. And, yeah, and totally. I've done my research. Yeah. And, and you can do both. Yeah. You can do both. Yes. Amen. Thank you. You can be loving mm-hmm. and love and light and be like F off. Like I'm not yep. going to, we're not bringing ourselves 100%. here. And yep. I will say from personal experience, living in New York city during madness, um, I had to say, no, we don't do that in our family to many doctors. And it was not yep. comfortable. I'll be really yep. honest. I would put totally. off the appointment <laughs> because I <laughs> yeah. didn't, or I would like really, you know, the publicist in me would really craft how I'm going to say this to like, not blow their ego, but to almost like make myself look dumb. And sometimes that works to be yep. like, well, you know, that's a great suggestion. I'm going to go ahead and look that up. And then I'll make an appointment in the next 30 For days sure. to come back on that. And yep. I'm not returning, you know, <laughs> yeah. it's like, yeah, totally. it's like, and bye. Like, yeah. And bye. Yeah. yeah. So it's yes. like, I just like kind of, I love what Gina's saying. Cause it's like, there's just like sometimes this level of like, you know, half of the things that we're talking about here are not like more than half. They're not for you. They're for your child. Yep. So the audacity that you have for your own self is probably this big, like 25%. But the audacity that you have for your child is infinite. You yep. will do say, be things like, 
Gina was talking about going back to that birthing energy, like what you went through (laughs) is like, you're not even facing half of that each day. Like, no, it's almost laughable. You know, like you're not even facing half of that determination, relaxation, focus and connection. You're not even facing that every day. So like going back to that. Yeah. And so much of the, I think, problem here is for so long, women have just outsourced all their power to these external people, right? And it's like, don't give your pediatrician all of your power. At the end of the day, it's your child. It is 100% your choice what you want to do, right? So I tell patients that all the time. I'm like, when you go in for an appointment, just kind of like you were saying with your letter, just always be like, great, I'm going to take this information, go home, read about it, take some time, and I'll call you guys back. You know, but I think so many people get bullied into interventions and things they don't feel comfortable with in the moment because they're in that fear brain Yeah. versus like, give yourself grace give yourself time. You need yeah. time to like research and come up with like your comfort level and what you feel, you know, maybe you still decide to do whatever X intervention is, but then you feel more solid about it. And like, you've been able to take a clear headed approach to choosing instead of just, you know, reactively being like, oh, okay, I guess that's what we have to do. Yeah. This also goes back to the conversation I spoke to you about uh, lifestyle choices, because I lived and worked in New York City for a very long time. And the mothers there are incredible, deeply caring, work their asses off for their children, for their families, like Mm -hmm. constantly focused on building wealth, stability, education, access, opportunity. That's truly at their heart. That's why they're putting in all these hours. That's what they're up to, right? Mm -hmm. Especially after you have children, perhaps before it was for you, right? And you wanting to climb your ambition and really push yourself to see who you are and what you're made of. Places like New York City are exceptional for that testing, right? But then when you decide to become a mother, all of that energy shifts over. It's motivated by these people and these little people in your life. And one of the things that I used to always like kind of really rub up against is so much of the choices that they have to make are because of these lifestyle frames and structures around them that are requiring a level of detachment from their mothering, right? Like maternity leave, that's a laughable joke in the, you know, freest, (laughs) freest country in the world. Like, let's just be honest. It's, it's just so it's criminal to the mother. It's Mm -hmm. criminal to the family. Mm -hmm. Um, It's laughable in other countries, how such a beautifully free, you know, nation um, doesn't do this. So again, like going back to, because it's just a stage that I'm in right now where I'm noticing my power in lifestyle choices. Okay. How much do I work? What does my work look like? What am I able to earn through my work? Do I want to do something different? Am I, is my child at an age where they require access to me in a different way? Okay. Has she outgrown that? Can I detach a bit more? Mm -hmm. Who's there with her when I'm detached? You know, like it's just a constant kind of like check back in and your lifestyle choices are as medicinal as actual medicine, right? Mm -hmm. You spoke so much about energy um, and, uh, you know, there's the yogic teaching. What is it, Gina? It's like the first three years, like the child is literally inside of your aura, right? And like those first three years are just paramount for like Mm -hmm. 
subtle programming of who and how this person functions in the world. And then after that, okay, you did what you did. (laughs) And now you'll pay for it forever. No, I'm not. (laughs) Then it's over. Yeah. (laughs) Nice throw in the towel. (laughs) But it's like, you see, it's it's interesting because even if you didn't know that yogic teaching and you're listening, you can probably be nodding your head that your child at three years old, like there was a shift. There was like a, the, the, the ego presented right? Mm-hmm. The, the second, you know, the body started to, you started to see their like conversations a little bit. So it's like those lifestyle choices, you know, and I don't know, I just find that really interesting as you're talking about the actual medicine, but how much these other things are also medicinal. What if like every mother and child got to be together in each other's auras for like at least two years? Right. Like, what would the world, what would it look right. like in America? I mean, you know? part of it is so, I think we've got so disconnected from like tribal living. Like, it's not like, you know, back in those days, women would like not leave their child for three years to go do something, but there was a whole tribe of women to support, right? And like help if you needed to like go get some stuff done or go spend time with your other children or or do whatever. So I think it's like, we're not meant to parent in isolation, which is what we do in this country, which is so crazy. I was going to say, which is why when you talk to a lot of mothers during that first, you know, three, four, 12 months, they're lonely. They, they're mm-hmm. suffering greatly mentally. They feel incredibly isolated, bored. They're lacking in creative spirit. They're, they're down, mm-hmm. they're down. Mm-hmm. Um, And it is because of that, like one of the parts that I despised about wanting to be with Gaia for my daughter for so long is that there was no one to be with me. That was it. It was me and Gaia. And like, to me, instinctively, that felt incredibly backwards. Like, I'm not not right. Yeah. Yeah. It just was like, I'm not needy. I'm not lacking in self-confidence or creativity. I'm not like in a low depressive state. I'm alone. And that's not a natural thing for a human to be. <laughs> yes. I'm feeling that way because there's no one here <laughs> except right. me and this incredible magical creature who's just landed earthside that I'm supposed right. to acclimate while I'm like alone. So it was just like, right. you know. It's so <laughs> weird if you think about it. It's like, this so is weird, not how it should be. Yeah, It's not. And like, you know, you'll take a thousand walks a day to every park in your neighborhood to just talk to another human, you know? Um, talk to me about sunscreen. I just moved here to yeah, Florida. I want to know about that York too. <laughs> yeah, New York City. And I was raised in Arizona. My daughter was born in Israel, like right by the Mediterranean in the sun. Yes. All of our our family, everything is around the sun and our yes. family. So I think I view the sun in a very like helio, um, energizing, like gratitude, yep. like you're only here to love on me kind of vibe. Yes. And my family's incredibly pale, as you can probably tell, um, or at least me and my daughter are. My husband's like beautiful olive skin. He's so lucky. Yeah. Um, but Guy is a redhead. You know, we're super fair. I'd love to kind of get your take on sunscreen, sun exposure, like, because it's also a great time in the summer, like you said, to like amp up, like it's medicinal, right? right? Like get, yep. get it in. Yeah. I mean, you nailed it. Like in my opinion, the sun is medicine. Ancient cultures literally worshiped the sun. The end of the day, we are basically plants we need water food and sun like we it's an essential nutrient we have um these things they're basically like light sponges in our body called chromophorbs that absorb sunlight and we use it 
to create energy. It works on the mitochondria of ourselves to create ATP. Like we literally need it. And we've gotten so disconnected from that, which is crazy. But the bottom line is you want to practice safe sun exposure. Okay. You don't want to go from like, like me and Gina, not seeing the sun for six months to going to Mexico and being outside and your skin is not protected for eight hours a day, like at the equator. Obviously you're going to burn like a sunburn is not great. Okay. Like, so you're better off using some form of sun protection. If like the alternative is getting burned, that makes sense. But like our ancestors would practice gradual sun exposure. If you, even you and your daughter were outside all the time from like the spring until summer, you would develop a natural tan, which would protect your body from burning for the most part. And that's really what we're meant to do. But a lot of us, like we spend too much time indoors. So we just don't have that like natural kind of like base layer protection. Um, So for me, it's again, all about balance. I avoid sunscreen though, whenever possible. And most traditional sunscreen is highly toxic. I forget which brand, I think it was Banana Boat or something was just in the past couple of years had a major lawsuit for carcinogens in their sunscreen. Um, and our skin is our largest organ. It absorbs everything straight into our bloodstream that we put on it. So it's super important, but there are like healthy brands out there. So you want to go for a mineral-based sunscreen, always main ingredients going to be zinc oxide. It's going to be the annoying sunscreen that you look even more white and it doesn't rub all the way in, (laughs) but that's what protects you. Um, but I tend to, whenever possible, just opt for, you've got a couple options, either go outside in like the earlier morning hours or later afternoon, evening hours, the sun's not nearly as strong. It's highly unlikely that you get burned. So if you're like, we want our outdoors time today, we're going to go out all morning and come in in like noon when the sun's super, super strong and give our body a break. Or we're going to go out at like four when the sun's not as strong. Or use protective clothing. Throw a nice like hat with a nice brim on. They've got like all the, um, you know, SPF clothing now that will like block the sun. So unless it's super, super hot, a lot of times I'll put my daughter in like a swim shirt. Like if we're at the beach all day, right? Super easy way to like basically block everything. Um, And then when necessary, I'll use like a cleaner brand sunscreen. So this is where... Like we talked about in the beginning, EWG is awesome for sunscreen. They have a whole category on sunscreens. Um, I use, I usually use the brand Think Baby on my daughter, but on us as well. It was a super, super clean. It's like a number one rating on EWG. Very few ingredients. You can order it on Amazon. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, like they have it at like, um, I've seen it at Target before. Like it's. So the positive in all of this is people are becoming aware of this, right? Even like cleaner brands are getting more and more popular, more and more accessible. Um, Badger is another really good one, you know, but you want to look for the words mineral sunscreen is a general rule of thumb. But here's the caveat. If you're using sunscreen of any kind, it's mineral or not, you are blocking the rays from going into your body. So you are not receiving any benefits of the sun if you're blocking it. So that's the other reason to avoid sunscreen because we need light for ourselves to have energy. Um, 
It's anti-inflammatory. It helps regulate our circadian rhythms. I mean, the sun is so important for so many reasons. So you don't always want to be blocking it. You don't want to lather your kids in SPF every single day. And that's part of the reason I think we've got like a vitamin D deficiency really epidemic because so many, I mean, women, um, cosmetic products, like moisturizers, SPF in them. Why? It's like so stupid, right? So pay attention to that because we should be receiving the benefit from sun and we don't if we're blocking it from being absorbed on our skin. That was actually one of the questions that I put is like, why is everybody like vitamin D just feels like it's this hot topic of like, everybody needs vitamin D. Even like we, when we were meeting with different pediatricians, like the first one we went to was very traditional. Yeah. She was even saying vitamin D, vitamin D. And I'm, and I was like, wow, like it's, it's like a supplement that seems like it's really hit the mainstream. And I'm like, it, which only means that like everyone's probably ridiculously deficient in it. And also what is that doing to us? Like, why aren't we getting vitamin D? Apparently Vermont doesn't even get vitamin D from the sun because we're so far above the equator. Yeah. There's like a line. You can look up a graph. I think it's around, I want to say Los Angeles, maybe it's more middle, basically crosses the center of the United States. And if you live above that line, it's literally basically impossible for you to get enough vitamin D, even if you were outside every day for like at least six months of the year, you know, but there's also, then you can go down the rabbit hole of like, we're spraying all this stuff in the atmosphere to basically block the sun. So what is that? Right. Right. Whatever. Okay. So there's a lot of reasons why, um, like those indoor lights that people use that like, um, for, for those times a year, we used them a few times in New York and like you can notice a difference in your mood like almost in the same day like we would just mm-hmm. prepare our coffee yeah and like in the morning and it, it's like a it's like a good pretty good size like the size of a computer monitor essentially and you're just like standing in front of it for I don't know 30 yeah. minutes or whatever as you're making your lunch or your coffee and then you're out the door and it's like pretty crazy you would notice a difference in your mood like oh, yeah. it would it would you would just feel like you I don't know like got got, got something other than gray, (laughs) you know? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I just did a post about red light therapy today and I totally think it's going to become very mainstream. Like it's, those are red and near infrared lights make up 42% of the sun's wavelengths. And so it's becoming almost essential in my mind. Like every home needs one of those units because just like how it's pretty much essential now to like supplement vitamin D it's pretty much essential to supplement certain like minerals and magnesium it's just impossible right. from us to get because our soil sucks so bad it's like we need to supplement light we spend 90 the average American spends 93 percent of our time indoors no matter where you live right did our ancestors do that no right they were able to get the light they need we just like literally can't due to our modern world which is fine right? It's also like, we're here in 2023. It is what it is. So what tools can we have to help us get back to that and receive like the nourishment and stuff we need to feel well? So I think like every house should have a red light. And whenever the sun's down, you got that guy on because that's like what it's supplementing the light that we don't get. Also on a vanity, like so good for your skin. So So good for anti yes Yes. for anti-aging so that's where all this stuff about how the sun ruins your skin too i'm like i don't believe it 
Yeah. Yeah. I'm curious. I think that's like it. great marketing to sell a bunch of products. Yeah. I mean, I'll just speak from personal experience. I'm incredibly pale and um, living here in Florida for almost a year now. It's, it's like the first time in my life. I mean, I'm like 40 years old. Like the first time in my life I had a tan and didn't right. like right. did not me or my daughter. And like, right. um, I, I'm sick, everything, all the advice you just gave before we moved, before I moved to Israel, because people were like, literally told me I couldn't live in Israel because I'm too pale. <laughs> literally told me I could live there. I was like, I was raised in Arizona. Like, I don't hold on. Like I was like, grew up in, in the sun, basically like you'll die. You'll just melt on the side. Yeah. They were like, yeah. you literally, I, you cannot live there. I was like, whoa, whoa. Um, and I remember I started to do research and this was like back in like 2017. So it was still like incredibly controversial and like yeah. some, but some, but stuff was already out. It's not new news anymore, folks. Yeah. Go outside, get in the lights, stare a little bit, you know, yep. into the warmth and like it changes. And it's like be mood. smart, right? If you start, <laughs> yeah. everyone knows the feeling when you're getting burned, it feels super hot. That's your body yeah. being like, I'm done. Enough. I'm good. <laughs> Throw a sweatshirt on, you know, like we make it so complicated. Yeah. We're funny. Yeah. I just want to get like a little, if we were, if you were to send someone home with like a little kit of things that we should absolutely supplement, what are those things? For children or adults? I mean, both at this point, but may, I, mean, I mean, it kind of crossover. Yeah. yeah. Um, vitamin D, I would say, and the caveat, I do think it's like good to get your D levels checked every year. You can get vitamin D toxic and I've seen it happen actually a bunch of times with COVID, a bunch of people were taking like pretty high doses of D, which is understandable. It's great for the immune system, but you can get too high and then you can get things like anxiety and heart palpitations and stuff like that. So you want to make sure you're not going too crazy. Um, but vitamin D, I think, um, minerals are super, super, super important. Our soil is so depleted. There's like no way you're getting the minerals you need, no matter how organic and great you eat, at least not on a consistent daily basis. Um, magnesium, I think is another really important one. Not as much for kids, but for adults. Um, for kids on my list, fish oil is always up there. It's so good for brain development and cognition. No kids are getting enough like omega-3s on a consistent basis like hiding um, seeds in there <laughs> yeah exactly and yeah I mean actually Costco has a great um pouch it's called like mama chia or something and um it has a really amazing amount of omegas and like it tastes really good so that's a good like kind of food-based hack um for little ones but fish oil is super important when their brains are developing on my daughter on like insane doses of fish or cod liver oil like the first couple years and a good probiotic, I would say for sure. Everyone's, everything is about the gut and most people's gut has taken big hits. If you've ever had a round of antibiotics, you should be on a probiotic. Um, inflammatory foods, stress, chemicals in our environment, it all affects the gut. So those are probably my biggies. Like everyone could benefit from. 